Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely role players, where theatrical people play role playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this main house production. Here on Merely Role Players, we improvise stories for your entertainment and ours. And we use role playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming, because as theatrical people, we're all about maximising the drama. This episode is part of our current main house production, Vigil Cold Snap. In this production, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. So please take your seats in the main house. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil, a merely role-player's main house production. Cold Snap, Act 4 of 6. I'm Strat, and I play Briar, the Monstrous. Briar is a shape-shifting fey guardian of the Rosebriar Forest. They take their job very seriously, but can get a little distracted if there's mischief to be made. I'm Josh, and I play Ginny Greenteeth, the Spellslinger. In the Dark Ages, soothsayer Ginny was chased from her village under suspicion of witchcraft. Now, many centuries later, she is the proud owner of a local tourist attraction and gift shop in Sheridan. Hi, I'm Chris Starkey and I play Cameron Jarvis, the Rond. Cam's parents and sister were killed by ghouls when he was just ten years old, while on a camping trip near Sherrydown. Ever since then, a Doom agent has been secretly training Cam to hunt and kill monsters. I'm Nat and I play Gwynedd, the Divine. Gwyn was once a shield maiden of the triple goddess, the Morrigan. After interfering with one of her schemes by rescuing a mortal man, the Morrigan banished Gwyn to live life as a duck in what became Sherrydown's duck pond. Now released from her curse thousands of years later, Gwyn is trying to forge a new life as part of the local National Trust team, but is finding it difficult to stay under the radar. The four of you see, in the stone circle, two bodies, Baron Oak and the Holly Duke. I attempt to go into a trance and see this frosty enemy. Every single strand of its fur is frozen solid with permafrost. Its antlers are made of solid transparent ice. It has the form of an ancient Irish elk. As you're speaking to Adrienne, you see over her shoulder another group of ghouls. And I'd like to cast my wind wall Next to you, Ginny, Adrian and the National Trust team are just looking to you, to the Wall of Wind, to what Gwyneth is doing, going, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, don't worry about this. It's just forest things, my love. You won't even remember it by tomorrow morning. If you could just give me a second, I've just got to, some blasting to do and then I'll be with you in a second. Do make sure you drop by the gift shop on the way home, though. So, Gwyneth, you are still in the process of casting them out. Gwynedd is, is spinning her staff in front of her and it's kind of drawing on the, the energies of the, the forest and I think there's sort of spectral vines that have started to twist around them so they don't have a physical presence yet so they're not quite yet pulling or um, preventing the ghouls from moving but once the vines have finished twisting around them then they take form and uh, the ghoul disappears somewhere else and there's a tree in the place. Oh, amazing. Um, so the, the other thing that they get to do first is that they sort of split and two of them run left and two of them run right. 
trying to circle the clearing and get around the wall of wind. But the wall is wide enough that by the time they sort of get to the edges of it, Gwyn's banishment has happened. And so they disappear, trees grow in their place. Those three ghouls are not dead. They have just been transported elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Do we know where they've been transported to? <laughs> no. Is it, is it in the immediate vicinity? Are they going to turn up in Tesco by <laughs> or at the local school or the train station? Who knows? Maybe we'll find out. Well, let's just hope they get teleported close to where Graham is because he... No, not Graham. Uh, Cameron, because he will very much enjoy slicing them up. Mm. By this point, uh, Cameron and Briar can arrive if you're still heading for the tree. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, we are. Yeah, we'll all turn up. And I think padding along as this wolf, I will see my National Trust gang and kind of stop a bit. And if uh, a wolf could like hunch its shoulders and give out an exasperated sigh, that's what <laughs> this wolf will do. Um, and while Cam uh, and Eric keep going, the wolf will just kind of pick itself up and kind of walk behind the tree uh, and without really even breaking stride, suddenly Robin is going to come out the other tree and go, oh, isn't it lucky that I'm here where all you are, I suppose. Okay, everybody, uh, just uh, a bit, bit, bit stuff going on here. If you just follow me very briefly, we'll make sure you're all okay. They were going to go to the gift shop. Oh, they were going to go to the gift shop. Well, that does sound lovely, but there's been some uh, problems in the forest and I don't think they should really be going by themselves. So what we're going to do is I... um, Oh, no. Bugger. Uh, and he's going to walk up to the tree and he's going to put his hand on the knot and the knot is just going to turn into a door and go, OK, everybody in. This is, uh, <laughs> I don't know, a family... <laughs> It's 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 uh, ancestral. Just get down the stairs. Off you get. Come on, you two. Yes, Eric. Yes, it's a tree. In you go. Everybody in quickly now. And just try and usher everybody into the tree. Make sure, make sure that you uh, pick up one of our lovely mugs from the gift shop on the way out. Roll manipulate someone, which I think for you is a weird rather than a charm, it right? It is a weird roll. Yeah, it is. So that's uh, plus three. Uh, so that's, uh, I rolled a six, so that's a nine. Okay, they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show that you mean it. Adrienne plants herself between you and the rest of the team, clocks the inspector over your shoulder. We've just seen some weird shit. And this is even weirder. And this is making me think that you are involved in that weird shit. So... As soon as we're out of this tree and whatever weird shit's finished, you have to tell me what's going on. Promise me. Absolutely. Yep. Swear on my parents. How much force does a promise have for a fae? Oh, we haven't really done no. promise of this world. I'm interested to know. It's always it's always a fun one, isn't it? The mm. promise with fake creatures. So let's bring that in because it is a super powerful thing. So, like the, so the traditional one is like you are bound to bound by your word. Mm. You must not break it, but you like you can always word it a bit in a bit of a weaselly way if you want. Yeah, to Yeah, you're it bound to the letter of your word. Yes, necessary to the meaning of it. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, taking that into account. Yes, absolutely. The moment this is all done, I will explain everything that has happened during Eric's inspection. 100%, I promise. You'd better. Certainly will. She leads the rest of the... She she takes Eric's elbow and sort of moves him away from Cam with a slightly suspicious look at Cam and leads him and the rest of the team down into the tree. Better in there, not causing any trouble than, than out here getting in the way plus they'll all forget later on um if we wouldn't mind popping down there i think we had better plan and i can also do one or two things to just keep us safe while that happens i'm gonna have to stay in this form but you know uh, needs must i suppose so tink you want us to go down there with them yes 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 everybody in everybody in i can seal us up and hopefully keep Keep out the ghouls while we um, hear plan. They are the least of well, our Brian, worries. You, you, you haven't seen Whatever what's that... coming. 
Oh, I have. It's, it's well, I felt it. It's icy, it's cold. It's got big it's old antlers, good. my love, but let's go in. You want to sit down when I tell you what I've seen. Come oh, on in, you come. Also, uh, folks, I don't know about you, but um, I had a bit of trouble dealing with those uh, those ghouls. What did he use? I had my axe, and I shot one in the face with a shotgun, which was fucking awesome. Was that it? Yeah, it's all I've got, really. But, nice. you know, I haven't got hurt. Did you get hurt? Yeah, you did, ducky. So go fuck off. And, uh, Cameron! <laughs> Maybe I want to chance your weapon for you, then. That's what Ginny's I beg for. Your Ginny! Yes? Ginny! Um, I don't suppose you could just make me axe a bit better, could you? I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll start to consider it when you when, when you apologise to what you just said to my friend Gwyn. Oh. He told her to fuck off. That was incredibly rude of you, Cameron. She was she was rude. You're to unlikely her. to have you're unlikely to have a future in customer service with that sort of attitude. Might I just say here that this is the part of mortals that infuriate me. There are ghouls out here. I've just sent a load of people down into my home, and there's a great big ice doodad threatening the forest, which is in fact a direct threat on my life. Perhaps the tiny things we can leave later, and just everybody get in the damn tree. You hear a crackling sound from the edge of the clearing, the same direction that the ghouls came from. Everybody in the damn tree. (laughs) As the trees on that edge of the clearing begin to freeze, and that the edge of that wave of killing frost has reached your clearing. Blast! What does the inside of Briar's home look like, Strat? I think when you go into Briar's Tree, rather than it being like a massive underground cavern and everything, the way that the magic actually works is as you step through, you just become incredibly tiny and you are actually in the actual tree. It just seems like it's massive. So uh, we are all now very tiny people in a really big uh, oak tree. And I think it's like there's lots of, levels and rooms and it's all kind of carved out of the tree i think that they likely got i don't know sort of ants or termites or something to to help out probably there are some that still live in there so if you go down the wrong corridor you're going to bump into what looks like a giant ant or termite but is in actual fact just a standard size one and you're very small (laughs) um i think there's probably other fey creatures that kind of live in the tree like it's his home, but it's more it's more of a commune. So it sounds like there are there are many chambers. So you can, if you like, you can all be in a chamber on on your own without the <laughs> the National Trust guys. Yes. The plan is I was going to go in and ask some of the other more trustworthy witches, something which doesn't mean much for for Faye, uh, to kind of just watch over the mortals and keep them entertained will be his word. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but it's just like distract, distract the mortals. Hey, in in the instructions that you give to these Faye, there is an opportunity for mischief. <laughs> do you take it? Oh uh, yeah, have to. Yeah. <laughs> what do you? What mischievous things do you instruct them to do while taking care of the humans? I will instruct them to perhaps give them a guided tour of the entire tree and maybe introduce them to some of our construction workers. (laughs) Um, I think I would encourage them to introduce them to the joys of flight um, (laughs) in whatever way they decide to do that. I think they all look a bit worse for wear, so perhaps they'd like to be uh, pampered and dress up in some <laughs> better, more fitting clothes and have their hair done. <laughs> yeah, I think that satisfies the conditions. They're going to have an interesting time. They really are. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be fed? No. No, he is trying to Yeah. There's protection going on. Robin keep, doesn't keep want them to sane. Yeah. Not ready to take them under the hill just yet. No. <laughs> That's not the plan. Alright. 
So once those instructions are given, where do the four of you gather? Is there a, a nice war table that we can gather yeah, around? Say, the war room. <laughs> the war room. I think Briar probably has a little study of their own. Like their little personal space that the rest of the Fae folk that's, that they allow to live in the tree know that that's Briar's private sanctum and they're not to go in there. And in this private sanctum, I think, yeah, there's there's kind of bits and pieces that they've collected. Uh, some shelves carved into the into the side with kind of a, a strange, uh, incongruous kind of mortal knickknacks that look like they span quite a large period of of history. There's like uh, a pipe and perhaps sort of like a, a straw boater or a somewhat archaic lady's purse kind of bits and pieces like personal possessions spanning a, a large period of time is this briar's ariel's grotto of human things <laughs> yeah. do you have who's it's and what's it's galore <laughs> you'll start combing your hair with a fork <laughs> Ginny lays down what she saw so it's something large and monstrous sorry uh, bef- bef- before you start Ginny and uh we, we, this is um, important. I would just like to secure the perimeter, if I may. Um, and I would like to use the basic magic move, uh, bar a place or portal to a specific person or type of creature. Yep. And I would just like to bar it, because the ghouls are the only ones I know specifically what they are. I would like to attempt to bar it from uh, ghouls trying to, to get in. Just into the tree? Uh, in the the tree in the grove, so that okay, cool. That's right, yeah. To bar the whole area, the whole grove, you'll probably need a bit of help. But the either Ginny could help, or some of your other Fae who live in the tree could help. Um, let's get let's get some Fae involved. Nice. What does this casting look like with you and a few other Fae? I think Briar will, um, in, still in the form of of Robin, uh, scoop hand down kind of into the tree as though the tree were kind of mist and pluck out sort of like a little what was like seed of of light and then just like distribute that to a few uh fey and ask them to strategically place them in a way i'm sure they would know to kind of bring up the some protections around the tree and the piece that briar keeps will just sit down in the like place in the middle of the the room and it'll sprout into kind of a little seedling, which of course at this size is quite <laughs> large. Okay, roll plus weird. Uh, that's four, five, six, four, five, six, seven. That's uh, ten. Uh, the magic works without issues. So yep. the the tree is barred to ghouls. The, you can tell from the way the seedling sprouts and the way it glows that the spell has taken. All your fey companions have done their little jobs completed their tasks correctly done the correct dances and jigs around their little sparks <laughs> well, uh, and the tree is protected uh, so I got, that's a relief often they don't actually do what I asked them so it appears they at least understand the danger you know what this form is a little bit wearing um, let me see uh, oh I know and I'll just go, poof, and I'll, tur- I'll uh, turn into like uh, an earthworm, but kind of lounge on a little uh, tiny chair that's sort of carved and just sit there. So you're a normal sized earthworm, which means yep. that you're the same scale as the other three now. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Very, very James and the Giant Peach. Yeah. Whilst we're kind of waiting for that to happen, Gwynedd is going to stare at Cam. And just hold out her hand. Hand it over then. Cheers, boss. Uh, and I'm going to attempt to magically imbue it. Uh, so this is plus weird, which I have one. Okay, so that was a six, so it's a seven. So on a seven to nine, it works imperfectly. Choose your effect and a glitch. Yeah. So uh, I do enchant the weapon, so it gets one harm and plus magic. And I yeah. think... The way it looks is it's similar to um, when she reaches out and acquires a tree branch that turns into a bow staff. I think it's the same kind of 
the warmth the the holy fire kind of crackle just kind of even though the um, is the axe handle wood it's a uh, fiberglass carbon fiber right okay cool if it was wood it'd probably glow but i think the the fiberglass probably gets like little it looks like lightning but it's not it, it's more fire than that kind of crackles along it and the the blade kind of just shimmers and hums for a second and then it just kind of goes normal but you know that it's it, it will come out when it's needed oh you're a star don thanks sorry mm. sorry for swearing earlier on as, as she she hands it over she uh, she does kind of take a hard look at him and kind of adjusts his jacket slightly and then turns away and the the glitch it does say that the um the that you choose the glitch Oh, I choose the glitch. Okay. I mean, as much as I hate to say it, my whole mission is stay under the radar, and it's not a very under the radar yeah. thing I've been doing. Yeah, okay. Let's do that. The magic draws immediate unwelcome attention. Oh. <laughs> immediate. Immediate. <laughs> oh, immediate. <laughs> is there any sort of mirrors or, I don't know, little, little uh, teardrops of water for scrying in or anything like that in this space? Yeah. Oh, th- there would absolutely be mirrors. Yeah. This, this this is the the fair after all, and they can just go out and get mirrors from the outside and walk in, and now there'll be tiny little mirrors. Yeah. So, yeah, hundred percent. Probably like a full length mirror on the wall where <laughs> Briar practices their human forms. Nice. <laughs> the various mirrors flicker. They no longer reflect what's actually in the room. A ripple seems to pass around the room through the various mirrors. And then they all crack apart from three. Mm-hmm. And in each of those three mirrors, a round one, a square one, and a hexagonal one, there is an eye. They're, they're normal scale eyes peering through these now tiny mirrors at you, as if they're looking through a tiny little pinhole. That, that probably happens like she's handed the axe over to Cam and kind of looked at him, adjusted his jacket and then kind of turned and noticed the, the mirrors. And I think if if humans could do the equivalent of like a cat's ears going flat and back <laughs> bristling, I think, or, or maybe the, the fey creatures would notice her, her wings kind of shudder, even though they're not kind of physically out at the moment, like those that kind of can see the magic and know it's always there could see them kind of flatten like a like a scared cat can we see this eye as well matt yeah you see these three eyes peering through these three different mirrors you see that they are focused on gwyneth Uh, i think i went too far three voices speak through the mirror mirrors gwyneth thrice cursed oh no that form was taken taken from you. you And now, sharing thine power with mortals, we do not forget. We do not forgive. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I want to smash one of the mirrors with my new axe. The eyes in the other two mirrors subtly move, now focusing on Cam. Now we understand Gwyneth thrice cursed. And I think as soon as they say that, she uh, she leaps forward and grabs the, the closest one to throw it and smash it as well. I pick up a paperweight, which is probably like an acorn on the <laughs> desk, and I just lob it at the third mirror. Which also smashes. The eyes disappear, the voices fall silent. summer, Blackshaw Theatre Company makes a triumphant return to the live stage, performing in the Big Top, that's a giant tent to you and I, as part of the Wandsworth Arts Fringe. Blackshaw will bring back Miss McSkimming. In Trouble at Sea, by Richard Stratton, 
Miss McSkimming takes to the high seas in her second adventure. Expecting a pleasant transatlantic cruise, Miss McSkimming must instead deal with a missing companion and a series of mysterious thefts, all whilst trying to avoid panic amongst her fellow passengers. A rollicking comedy with mysteries abounding, and sound effects created live on stage in front of your very eyes, this piece will delight audiences young and old. So save the date, chaps. It's Saturday the 3rd of July at 1pm. Tickets on sale soon. Be sure to follow us on the social medias. Just search for Blackshaw Theatre or go to blackshawtheatre.co.uk. All right, lovies, it's me, Matt, your compere. I don't have too much to add to Ellie's announcement just now, so we'll make it a short interval this time. As well as that reminder about Blackshaw's upcoming real, live, non-digital theatre show, Ellie also kindly provided some additional voice work in this episode, which I'm calling out now because it's a special bonus extra that's not mentioned in the credits at the end. If you think you caught Ellie's cameo, tweet us at Merely Roleplay on Twitter and tell us who you think she was playing. Anyone who gets it right gets a shout-out in the next interval in a couple of weeks. Right, I'm going to go call beginners for the next scene, so I'll leave you perusing the programme, wherein you will find a glossy ad for another show you might enjoy. Rendezvous with Destiny tells the story of a world where all myths are true, using the Scion role-playing game, which is not one I'd heard of before, so if you want to branch out and experience some different systems, this could well be a show for you. Once you've enjoyed that, please head back to your seats in the main house for Vigil Cold Snap, Act 4 of 6. This world is not our own. It may look the same for the most part, but things are different here. Myth is history not legend. Welcome to a Rendezvous with Destiny, a Sky on actual play podcast. Forever, I am your GM, Luce, and with me today I have... Hi, I'm Graham. I play Elspeth Lockwood, the Guardian of Bowder. Elspeth has realised that she is in a divine library, and she's definitely going to at least at least make a hold, if not take out some books. Um, my name is Elspeth Lockwood, and I have borrowed your copy of... Uh, does it have an ISBN number? I assume it does not. Uh, hi, I'm Will. I play Cleo Brewer, who is a chosen of Bast. I, I like, like, sorry, sorry. Is is there anyone who 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 is, looks like they are available but wants to fight? You just wipe this guy out completely. You, as soon as you clasp pants, you slam his hand into the table. If there's anyone watching us, I want to just do like you know the predator handshake with them. Hi, I'm Am, and I play Flora Watson, daughter of Sun Wukong, the Monkey King. I have a backup plan if we can figure out what the trap does. I feel like Flora's plan is just like to throw something down the corridor and see what happens. I was actually gonna just run through it really fast and activate it. I'm very fast. I'll be fine. All you can see is his. He is face down on the desk. And just sort of making a low groaning noise. You alright there, Mr. Hades? No. They have jumped upon Ra's barge and headed through an archway into the underworld. Oh, I haven't properly introduced myself, have I? I'm Loki. Nice to meet you. A Rendezvous with Destiny is available on Spotify, Acast, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you find your podcasts. Come follow us on Twitter and Instagram at rwd underscore pod. I think at this point, the earthworm's going to turn into, into Briar's true form and go, Why on earth are you smashing all my mirrors? Did you not see? They were scary eyes. They look scary. When I tell you about fear, you've got to turn your fear into action. My mirrors? We can get you more mirrors. I think I may have made things somewhat worse. Gwyneth, my love, uh, far be it from me to uh, judge you and your actions. Uh, Perhaps we should be focusing a little more on the immediacy of the impeding frost, uh, and then we'll move on to what you've done to your goddess. Well... Goddess? 
goddess Cameron. Hopefully she will also grant us the time to deal with this issue as well. Um, well, Cameron's got a better weapon now. Uh, we need to figure out this frost. Yes, Cameron, my love. Perhaps, perhaps keep an eye on that uh, on that axe while you're in the middle of the fight, lest it grow any eyes. Hopefully, okay. the uh, the impending danger to the forest is something that the Morrigan also disapproves of as well, and she will let us do our work before whatever is coming for me. Hey, Don. You know, whatever comes for you, you you've you've got us. We've got you back. There's definitely a kind of a, a bitter wry chuckle and she uh, she kind of pats Cam on the head and then heads over to Briar. Hmm. Patronised, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Does, uh, would anybody like to hear about what it is that we're facing? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that, shall we? Yes, that would be lovely. Right, everybody sit down. It's time for Granny to tell a tale. What I saw chilled me to my very core. No pun intended. It appears to be a large monstrosity that's bringing some form of white frost with every step that it takes throughout the forest. It looks like an oversized elemental elk or a moose, you know. Uh, huge antlers and large stomping feet. Uh, all of the all of the creatures and, 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 and whatnot in the forest were fleeing from it. Uh, they were being rather sensible, in my opinion, as even seeing it from afar as I did through my divination caused me to, to be chilled to my very core. It's approaching quickly, far, far quicker than a creature of its size should be able to move. And like I say, it spreads an unnatural, otherworldly frost and cold with its mere presence. Uh, I think the I think if any of you were to get close, you you might freeze in place before you're even even able to to land a blow. Hmm. Well, I I don't think we should be speculating. I think we should be having a, a look at it ourselves. Um, I do have an out of character question. Is this a mm-hmm. uh, creature something that either Briar or myself may be familiar with? Potentially. Yeah, I was gonna say, is this does this sound like it's something of the Fey world? Or a threat that I would potentially know of as the guardian of the forest? It's specifically for you, Briar. Something is tickling in the back of your memory. Mm. As Ginny describes this. Mm-hmm. Seeing as there seems to be spring and summer and stuff, I wonder if there's a particular fae who is responsible for, say, like the winter solstice and the rituals and stuff around that. I wonder if I could summon that fae to to aid us. Yeah, like a Jack Frost type of fae, maybe. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah, so like the the Holy Duke's job is to like pave the way for winter, but this is the fae who actually represents winter itself, the heart of it, the solstice, the yeah. the, lo- the shortest day of the year. Mm-hmm. So they are a cracking, tinkling being of spiky ice. That would be fun. One of those, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can summon that fae to your war room, full of cracked mirrors. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing the I'm doing an investigator mystery. Yep. So, so that's a sharp. Roll plus sharp. Okay. That's a four. So there's <laughs> some experience. Yep. <laughs> but. Jack Frost answers your summons, comes into the the room of broken mirrors, shuffling and moving stiffly as if in pain, and falls into sort of a a position of allegiance almost at your feet, down on one knee and one hand on the ground. Guardian, he is coming. Out from ancient history, he comes. Fight your duel again. Who? Who comes? He shatters. Oh no. Holy fuck. It's like one of the mirrors. Cameron, was that you? I don't think it was. I did frown at it. Mm. No, that was, that was, that was, that was... 
Right, it's just going to like stare at the ice like this is this it can't this isn't happening. This is this isn't right. It's okay. It's okay, Briar. It's okay. What what was he talking about? I have I I don't I don't know. I don't know who this he is. I mean, other than it's probably the thing stomping towards my tree. The, the giant el, el, ice mm-hmm, elk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it said you fought a duel, man. What what duel did you fight? How many f- duels have you fought? I mean, I fought a lot of duels. Um, Was there a guardian of this forest before you, or have you always been here? It's always been me, as far as I can remember. and And before that, before I had consciousness, when it was just a little patch of shrubs it was still me Hmm. that continues that tickle in the back of your memory briar and gives you a potential path because it sets you thinking back and back and yes you were here you have been here as long as the forest when the forest was born you were born but what was here before that before the forest oh it's the fucking ice age Ice, oh, before there was even life here, before when it was all cold, dead earth. Back when this was just a land of ice and snow. And now that those words have been spoken, Briar, you remember that from the very moment you were born, you were fighting. And you fought the guardian of this area who existed before the forest who guarded the area when it was only snowy tundra. You fought the Winter King. Oh, that jewel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... That was a while back. Um, no, I should have brought my thermal... <laughs> my thermal bike leathers. And the Winter King is to Briar what the Holly Duke is to Baron Oak but over much, much longer timescales, ages rather than seasons. Right. So what is what is the Winter King doing back here now, Briar? What does he want? Uh, I think he wants to duel me, and if he wins uh, this area, I don't know how much more is going to go back to uh, Deathly Ice and Snow. I oh. die, and... I suspect a lot of other things without coats will die as well. Does it have to be a duel or can it be a, a battle? I mean, I think it can be whatever I want it to be. I've got to say, uh, we faith folk aren't necessarily fans of fair fights. I don't think if I can, I can speak for everybody in this room, but there's no way that I'm leaving you outside fighting against the Winter King all on your own, my love. Not a chance. Absolutely. It's not every day you get to kill a king. No, apparently it happens once or so a millennia. This time I'm going to try very hard to remember uh, the next time if if we're lucky enough to, to win. Um, problem is kind of finding it hard to remember how I won last time. I don't think I just hit it. But he's going to be bringing ice and snow. Yes. He's a, a, a greater fey entity. Uh, would he be susceptible to iron? Possibly. Uh, possibly. I'm also thinking that I brought life and warmth into in into this area. So also maybe... Um, I mean, that's what drove drove the frost back, right? Warmth and then... You have my holy fire at your disposal. You've got the uh, the steel of my axe. Also good. And and I'll happily bring the tempest for you, my love. I'm just slightly concerned that if we um if we get near the thing, we just freeze solid before we even. You saw what Eric's arm was like. Um, I, I was thinking that myself, Cameron, my love. I was thinking that perhaps it might be time to. To go beyond these petty magics that we throw around and uh, and bring something slightly slightly larger, thinking perhaps if we could I could muster something larger than my mere uh, 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 force walls, if I could bring a storm, perhaps a great hurricane that could push the frost and the ice away, forming a barrier between yourselves 
and the creature. Would Winden on its own be enough? Could we could we try and combine and create some kind of fire tornado? With all due respect, Gwynny, my love, I really don't want to bring a fire tornado to a forest. Magical fire that understands the woods and its ways. As long as you can guarantee that for me, my love. We've Briar and I have fought for too long and too hard to just see all, all, everything here go up in flames. For sure. Or could you do something to just to warm us up, like some sort of like uh, I don't know, magical uh, head thing. A, scar- a scarf? Could you make a magical scarf to keep me warm? <laughs> a magical woolly hat? Some, something closer to like an aura of protection, of warming. Yeah, I'd like a scarf though, if possible. Don't worry, I'll, I'll knit you a scarf later on, Cameron Love. Oh, there's, there's plenty in the gift shop, I'll just take one of them. <laughs> You'll pay for one of those. Matt, would yeah. I be able to do a, a big magic version of... Yeah. And I appreciate that this again is being like, well, sod it. They know I'm here now anyway. <laughs> uh, go big or go home. Um, imbuing some of the the holy fire magic that Gwyneth has and kind of using it in a way of this will prevent these creatures' hearts from turning to frost. Yeah, that sounds like something that big magic could do, yeah. But I don't know whether we there were other big magics that we wanted to to do instead or combine with or what so if Gwyneth is going to bring something in to protect everybody i could bring something in to be more offensive and strike or distract the winter king Uh sure with the with the ritual as well is there something we could do where briar and Gwyneth we combine our magics in the ritual so that we all end up with the the kind of the designations like the the vine wreath circlets around our, our heads so any of us could hit the the final blow heck yeah okay yeah i'll do some press-ups <laughs> <laughs> good work if briar gwyneth and Ginny are all bringing some magic into the center so we get some wind from Ginny, we get the holy power from gwyneth we get the forest guardian power from briar all of that is pooled and everybody gets a bit mm-hmm. can can uh, cameron bring water somehow and then we have all four <laughs> elements <laughs> i hadn't even realized that <laughs> <laughs> yeah because we're on earth earth wind and fire at the I, moment i keep myself hydrated you know it's important to stay hydrated <laughs> when you're uh, when you're working out I've, uh, ernie taught me first lesson so if those are the effects that we want here's what yeah. i suggest for requirements you need some rare or weird components that Ginny has, which will probably require somebody going back to the gift shop and stocking up from Ginny's stockroom, because you you need more than you've got in your apron. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to need help from, weirdly enough, the National Trust team, because <laughs> yes. I think to make this work, to sort of pool all of your magics and for them to be able to be imbued in different people who sort of the magic is not native to, you need to filter it through a mortal. Interesting. So Cam, mm. Cam can be one, but you need two other mortal volunteers to help with this ritual. So it doesn't have to be the National Trust team, they just have to be mortal volunteers, but they are the closest to hand. Excellent. Mm-hmm. You know what you need to make this big magic ritual work. What would you like to do first? Gwynedd walks over to Ginny. Right. What do you need? Make me a list. All right, my love. So just just remind me, I'm summoning a storm. You're bringing some holy radiant aura down on us all. And uh, what what do we need for... um, what, What is it that Briar... What are you doing, Briar, love? Oh, well, um, you're about to become my champions. Holy champions, okay. Not much holy about the Fae, but certainly champions. Okay, let me just just give me a minute just to think about what I'll need from my stores. And uh, Ginny sort of waddles off and uh, 
pulls out a notepad and starts writing stuff down and she returns a minute or so later. She says, right, well, this is quite complicated and to be honest with you, my, my component stores are a complete mess and I haven't had a chance to uh, uh, to organise it and sort it out and Cameron's been gagging to get in there and o- order it out alphabetically and make it all in some sort when of it just takes order. the list uh, midstream. She just takes the list and looks at it and goes, I'll see what I can do. I, I see no point in us all trying to go when the forest is as dangerous as it is, when I can go much quicker than us all trying to go together. So I think if you three stay here and prep what we need to do, and I will be as quick as I can. Hey, 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 boss. Going by yourself doesn't sound like a good idea to me. You want me to carry you? Uh, yeah, I don't know. What What do you guys think? Um... I don't think going by yourself in this situation is a good idea. Well, are you going or is it kind of like snap your fingers, you're there, snap your fingers, you're back? Pretty much. Flap your wings. Uh, I, I mean, I, 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 really, I really can't uh, overemphasize quite how much in disarray my store cupboard is. It might not be a bad idea to take Cameron with you anyway. He knows where it's all kept. And for your own safety, love. I mean, I can, but it will drastically slow us down. And I can't guarantee that we'll both get there safely. You saw what happened last time. If there's a risk we'll lose him, I'd rather keep him here and... Because, like, I need a... Somebody needs to be shoulder to shoulder wearing my uh, my champion crown. You're going to get a crown, by the way. Um, well, all of you. Cameron's will be particularly pretty. Hey Bri, could you could you make the the path from the from your tree to the oddities shop a bit clearer? Do you think just a little bit clearer, um, like a nice little path? Wide could, enough, uh... could we perhaps create a portal that would link us directly to the stone circle? That's a good question. I mean, we could try that instead. Um, do we think there is any way to to clear the forest, clear the path, make it easier? I mean, we could send some of. Uh... The uh, woodland folk out, to, but they're going to be targets. I've lost enough of them already. All right. Let's let, let's let's just send Gwyneth on her own. She okay. is perfectly capable, and as long as I walk her through every individual component on this list, then she should be able to find what she needs. I've got an idea, and I rush to the uh, the National Trust people. Oi, you lot, give us two of those walkie-talkies, will you? What sort of state are they in? Um, so some have got like seventeenth seventeenth century style French bouffon wigs, tall on. wigs. Huge. Um, <laughs> some have got hippie clothes from the sixties. Um, one just has a marker pen, a big moustache, and an eye and a, and a monocle, and they are asleep in the corner <laughs> um, under some sort of like um, drug or. <laughs> Something or other. So they snort awake when you when you come into the room. <laughs> right, uh, blue hairs. We need your uh, your walkie talkies stat, please. If you don't mind. Blue hairs. Is that, is that me? Uh, one of them does have blue hair now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really blue. God, yeah, God, it is blue. That's like a beautiful color blue as well. It's like. Best blue I've ever seen. They they turn around looking for a mirror and you can easily just pluck the walkie-talkie off their belt clip. Great. And uh, as they find a mirror, I smash it quickly. <laughs> 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 and I just take two walkie-talkies and go, right, stay here. And I, I close the door. Right, Don, we're going we're gonna to Jurassic Park this, okay? Oh, that's me. So like, Yes. Yeah, you're, you're Donald. We're going to Jurassic Park this. So you're going to go there. Have you seen Jurassic Park? I, I, I am aware of the Jurassic time, and and God, you guys got to catch up on your film. I've not had long trivia. Take this. You press the button to make it work. You talk into it, and you say over when you finish talking. That's that's all you need to know. And she she takes it and she looks at at Briar. He does know you've been training me to do this job, right? You haven't seen Jurassic Park. I'm I'm going on a limb here that you don't know how walkie-talkies work either. No, but she lifts the walkie-talkie up and is like, 
I've been using these for the last five months. Over. Great. Over. <laughs> for the first two months, I forgot to tell her that she had to take her finger off the button when oh. she stopped. That was good fun, chocolate <laughs> months. That was three months of training. <laughs> right. That was really good, Don. That was perfect. That was actually the best the best I've seen you do that. So She she clicks the, the button again and speaks into the walkie-talkie and says, I'm still not 100% down with who this Donald is, though. You're going to have to explain that one to me again sometime. No worries. More than happy to uh, to show you where that one comes from. Right, Don. Zip off and we'll, we'll chat on these... Just be careful, all right? I'll do my best. And she, uh, yeah, she clips the walkie-talkie to to her belt and uh, heads heads towards the exit and just kind of does warily keep an eye out for any possible mirrors on her way. I would like to follow her to the outside of the tree and I plan to, I know ghouls are around and we've protected it from ghouls, but we don't know what else is around. So I just turn around to the two uh, left in the room and say right while the boss is away I'm going to um, just do a little patrol around the tree okay there might be other things other than ghouls and that elk thing out there Gwyneth puts a, a hand on his shoulder and says don't stray too far no if I, if I feel chilly I'll, I'll run back it's not the cold I'm worried about it's her and with that she uh, she leaps into the air and her wings unfurl and she does one giant flap Sonic boom, <laughs> torpedoes away. Uh, nice. Now that you you've looked outside the tree, uh, the entire clearing, the ground is hard and slippery with ice. Oh, I just close the door and go back inside. has been Vigil, a main house production from Merely Roleplayers. It stars Chris Starkey as Cameron Jarvis, Natalie Winter as Gwynnett, Strat as Briar, and Josh Yard as Ginny Greenteeth. Sound design for this production is by Natalie Winter, and the theme music is by Alex Pankhurst. I'm Matt Boothman, and I play the supporting cast, as well as editing and producing this episode. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Roleplayers is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on.